Oh my. This isn't very nice. Though you may think you're having fun now, you only hurt the one you love. Think of mom and dad. What kind of lesson are you teaching them? And now, a word on nutrition. Shit, he's fucked up. Bad language makes for bad feelings. Welcome, everyone, to My Bleeding Ears Podcast. This is episode number 87. With me today, as always, is Jessalyn. Hello, everyone. And we got quite a few things to talk about, but this, the opening to this one um, is a little different, because I'm not going to actually talk about movies, necessarily. Um, talk about, like, kind of like action figure collecting, and and how it's, and, and um, how I just... I'm totally redoing my room <laughs> again. Oh, yeah, it's happening. <laughs> it took me, <coughs> I don't want to say like 10 years to get my my room, which is full of action figures and full of shelves and everything, into, you know, just having everything up. And I just don't work straight. I Whenever I feel like it, I'll put up some things and yada, yada, yada. And then eventually, 10 years later, I'm done. And... Except you're not, it is 10 years later. I'm I'm never going to be done because uh, I'm constantly going to want to change things around. Mm -hmm. So um, it was about a few months ago, maybe like four or five months ago, I I did a guest spot on Attack of the Killer podcast. And it was about toy collecting. And I believe I might have probably had the most action figures of everyone there. Um And I got to show them, like, we did it over Skype the whole episode, so I got to, like, show them on my computer and everything... Um, like, uh, my whole collection and everything. And, mm-hmm. and you know, it, it, people are usually impressed when they come by. Um, so we got to talk about it during the podcast, their podcast. And, uh, Jason, who, uh, he was like, he was, he stayed at one of the other members of the Tag of the Killer podcast house because they had like a show or something there near where he was. Um, Tad is his name. And, um, he actually got to see his whole collection and he made a comment saying, you know, um, that Tad's collection really isn't that big, but he's an artist, so he was able to, you know, make things stand out a little more with his collection. Mm-hmm. And I kind of took that to heart a little bit, because I was <laughs> not, like, not like a bad thing at all. No, but, but I, in I, a competitive way. Yes, of course. <laughs> <laughs> so I, was like, I know you. So it kind of stuck with me for a little while, and I was like, you know, what can I do? I'm not, I, I can't paint figurines worth a shit you know I'm horrible at it I get frustrated and I'm like why isn't this fucking paint sticking like I primed it and everything ah, it takes forever blah, blah blah I'm horrible at fucking figurine painting but something that I'm kind of decent at is building things and so I started building a diorama that I'm going to put on my shelf and it's going to be like a scene with G.I. Joe's I've already built like this uh, this tower that uh, is actually a prison cell also and it just gave me a lot of inspiration to start, you know, uh, 
making these like action scenes in, in my collection. So right now I'm working on that. I bought a bunch of shit. I bought like a hot knife. So I'm cutting up foam. Making you, houses. You had to- you had to carry this huge. What was it like a twelve by twelve? No, no, it was it was it, it was like uh, it was probably like six feet by three or four feet, kind of big panel of foam, of foam <laughs> a, a half inch thick foam that I had to walk home with, which because my car wouldn't, it you know, wouldn't it, fit, it in would there. fit in there, and I put it on the top and just fly off or break or whatever. Thing. Luckily, where I got it from is only like half a block away, so. Yeah, I walked home with this big foam thing. I got my foam knife cut, hot knife thing, and then I'm just starting to make all this shit. It's taking me a while. Well, I'm taking my time with it. I want it to look good because with a lot of things, I do kind of rush through them, especially mm-hmm. with like the fa- the painting of the figurines and everything. So I'm taking a lot more time with this. And I'm watching videos on YouTube to, to to get better and everything, and and I like the results so far. I bought a, sh- a buttload of spray paint, which, you know, you really can't buy in Chicago, but thank you, Amazon. Because of how it's illegal. Yeah, exactly. Well, <laughs> it's illegal to buy it in Chicago, not illegal to own it. That's the difference right there. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah, stores cannot sell it, but Amazon sure can. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I've been doing that lately with um, just getting my whole room together even more and start up another long process to, to just keep me going. Are you going to talk about the castles? The castle yes. that you're building? Yeah, I, I built like this little tower castle thing. And I watched this YouTube video with someone who made bricks out of styrofoam. I was like, oh, well, you can make a lot of things out of styrofoam. <coughs> but I didn't have styrofoam at the time. And I wanted to get started right away. But what I had was I had um, some corkboard and like these little one foot by one foot corkboard things and it's cut out a bunch of different squares and rectangles out it of that. It must have taken you forever. There's so many bricks that you cut out from uh, this It did take me, it took me a very long time to to have the tower which it is now, which is very incomplete still. It's probably taken me altogether about four or five hours to with the painting and uh, the washing of it, the dry painting of it and uh, just the gluing the glue gun part of it I burned the shit out of my thumb and I was like alright well I'm getting better at this now because my thumb didn't burn so much at the end <laughs> <laughs> you had your glue callus my, yeah I did have my glue callus I'm uh, <laughs> getting better with that I'm taking my time I'm oh god I want to you know me I walk faster than everyone else I, I want to get through shit quickly yeah but this stuff, I really kind of take my time. And Wait, it's looking pretty cool so far. I'm looking at a little garbage can you have in right here right now, and it's all... Is this garbage? No, really? no, no. Oh, uh, okay. No, I, I actually... I'm looking at more little corkboard bricks. Yeah, uh, I cut up them. a bunch of them, because I didn't want to just keep cut right. a roll, then glue, and then you know keep right. doing that over and over. Mm-hmm. So I was like, all right, I'm just going to call the bricks now. And then, of course, I had some leftover, and I could always put them to use somewhere else. Gotcha. So I got tons of supplies to make my ever-growing action figure fucking hole in the wall here. (laughs) (laughs) I don't come in here a lot, to be honest. Thank you, I guess. Well, I mean, it's not my room. It's your room. There's a lot of, you know, fragile things. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, and the people who don't know Jessalyn, she, I mean, you're a little clumsy, you know? My epitaph will read, how did that even happen? And and the funny (laughs) thing is, I usually know why it happens i just uh, don't tell her because i think it's hilarious <laughs> all right well let's now let's anyway. get on to our movies and our tv shows that we watched lately uh we went and saw midsummer when it first came out and we really loved hereditary and this was like a movie mm-hmm. we really wanted to see yeah um 
And I loved Midsummer more. <laughs> this, this is when I remembered the writer director's name. Ari Aster, right? Yeah. Um, but Ari Aster did a few short films before this, and back in 2011, he did this one film. It's his first film called "The Strange Thing About the Johnsons," and we finally watched it. It's only a half hour long, and it's on mm-hmm. YouTube, and it's like nothing I've ever seen before in my life. Truth. Um, it's really good. Um, I'll ruin it because I don't give a shit. You can watch it still; it'll still be impactful. Um, the movie, this short movie, begins with a father opening up the door to his son's room, and his son has been masturbating. He was holding a picture and masturbating to it, and his dad comes in and says, "It's all right. It's cool and everything. You know, it's normal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know that that <laughs> that horrible, horrible conversation I'll never have to have with the son." Right. Or daughter, mm-hmm. either one. Yeah. Um, he had to have that. And his dad leaves the room, and we get to see the picture that the son is holding and he's masturbating to, and it's a picture of his own father. Yeah. And uh, we move on to there to when he's um, getting married uh, years later, and we get to see signs of abuse between the son and father. And it's not the father abusing the son, it's the son abusing the father. And... The roles are switched in this movie. Um, I've never seen anything like this in a film, and I think what makes this movie even more impactful is the color of the skin of the characters in this movie. Um, I don't think I would have had a, a bigger, as big a reaction if it was a white family as compared to an African-American family. Okay, why do you say that? Uh, I think with um, uh, like uh, abuse and homosexuality isn't at the front of the African-American community as it is with, um, I would say, the Caucasian community. Um, I would say it's, it's not represented in art, maybe as much. Maybe as art, or, or even with speaking with black people, that, oh, okay, here, here's a good example of it. Um, this video is on YouTube, and it's been on here since 2011. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, this, this movie's passed me by this long. And um, I finally looked it up, watched the movie, and every single, um, well, you've heard of reaction videos, right? Where mm-hmm. people watch something from the 80s and are like, oh my god, whoa, whoa, you know, fucking reaction right. videos. I hate mm-hmm. them. They're stupid. Yeah. And it, it's, it takes no work into going, doing that. It's just, <laughs> it's just people reacting to shit, really. It's right. stupid. But all of the reaction videos following that film are all of African Americans. And... It seems, it, just to me, it kind of seemed like uh, it was a surprise more to African Americans than it would be to uh, like Caucasians or people of different races. Okay. Hmm. Um, so I, I, that's why I think this movie was a bit more impactful, even to me, because it's, once again, it's something I haven't seen on screen and uh, with like a black family. But I've seen it with white families on quite a few occasions in movies where there's... Like a homosexuality or like a, a, a domestic abuse, kind of, and sure. sexual domestic abuse. Right, but not this, like the son seducing the father. Uh, yeah, that too, but I'm, I'm going more general, not gotcha. more specific mm-hmm. as that. Okay. So, um, but yeah, this movie's fun. <laughs> it surprised me, and it's, it's very... <laughs> Um, just check it out. It's it's definitely a movie I think you should see. Um, it, I've said it like four times now. It's something I've never seen before. Definitely something um, I've never seen before, yeah. And you never want to see it again, do you? No, and I don't even know what to say about it. 
or what to think about it. This I really want to hear what the what Ariaster has to say about it. <laughs> the looking up what he has to say before I enter any opinion. It is something. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. My my coworker told me about it, and like he has like a deadpan delivery to everything, so you never really know if he's joking or not. <laughs> but he told me he was like, "Yeah, check this one out." I mean it. It really kicks into high gear pretty quickly. I'm like, all right, cool. I've seen Hereditary. Fuck yeah. Big summer <laughs> I just saw. Let's go. And then, wow. <laughs> yeah. So definitely check this one out. I'm not mm-hmm. going to give it a rating, but check it out. Uh, one of the next films that I actually got to pick out, we were just bumming around in bed, and I was like, uh, just looking for something to watch. And I saw that the first Purge was available on HBO now. So mm-hmm. as we have the HBO app, I'm like, all right, let's... Let's do it. Let's. I've seen the other ones, and they're pretty decent, you know? Yeah. But this one was kind of like the origin story of the first Purge. Right. Um, and that's what I think a lot of people wanted to see. It's kind of what I wanted to see. And it was a lot more realistic than the first one. Because the first one dealt with, like, an upper-middle-class family and who knows where and, and the struggle they're dealing with in their community. Right. This one is way more realistic. And, uh, um... The first one, of course, the purge in the other movies is widespread. This first purge is just uh, relegated to what was it Staten Island or something yeah, like that. Yeah, just one island. What I do want to say about the first purge movie is that it, it does turn out to be a movie about class. Uh-huh. It's just that we're watching it from the perspective of a rich white family, right? And instead this, of the other purges, where we're watching it from the other angle. Exactly, yeah. and this is what this movie is. Um, down to the <laughs> down to everything. That's exactly what this movie is. It's from um, someone else's side, right? Um, and there were. Uh, it was really preachy. I'll give it that. You it is. You you're getting tired of getting hit over the head with things. It's just like stop punching me in the face <laughs> with your lessons. I get it. <laughs> yeah, the class divide is severe and scary. You don't need to kick me in the head with it over and over. I get it. Maybe not you. Maybe not me. You're right. Right, right. There are a few parts in this movie that kind of scared me. There's um, the part where one of our main characters is participating in the purge and he's just walking down an alleyway. And um, actually people who wanted to stay in Staten Island were given money to stay there. And yeah. if they wanted to participate in the purge, they were given these contacts to uh, be able to be uh, broadcast uh, to the people running the purge. Mm-hmm. To um, but and offered more money. And offered more money, yeah. right? So they have these these uh, contact lenses in, and it makes it like eyes green or blue or, or mm-hmm. however. And so there's the scene where the kids walking down the alley, and there's people inside their houses with these contacts in, and you can make out like the outline of their body and everything, but it's focused on their eyes, and everyone kind of looks like a demon, like even from the movie Demons. Yeah, they have like these right. bright eyes, and just <laughs> it really reminded me of that. Mm-hmm. Uh, that part really creeped me out. Then uh, the character of Skeletor too. <laughs> uh, he really oh, he was Skeletor. creepy too. Yeah, definitely. So he opens the movie. Yeah, he does open mm-hmm. the movie, saying, uh, being interviewed by the people putting on the first purge, uh, saying, like, yeah, I'm mad all the time. I'd... Yeah. And then mm-hmm. give me those contacts and, you know, let me start breaking shit. And yeah, um, and yeah, the other part, too, was where people were kind of making a joke of the purge. There was like a block party with hundreds of people there. Uh-huh. And that's when Skeletor shows back up. 
and he just starts murdering people at this party. Everyone starts breaking away, and then, yeah. So I, there were some really good parts in this movie. Yeah. I, I did enjoy it. Uh, <clears throat> it's a Purge movie. <clears throat> I haven't watched the TV series at all, so I really know nothing about it. No, that. I haven't either, but I, I'm curious about it. I like the theme of the Purge. Just stop punching me in the head with it. <laughs> <laughs> so if you've seen the other ones and you like this one, I say check it out. It, it is cool to see the beginning of what the purge is gonna be mm-hmm. so I, I can appreciate that I'm sure there'll be other purge movies in the next few years the but last not, purge shit not with Marissa Tomei spoiler <laughs> oh yeah whoops <laughs> Marissa Tomei's in this movie that's yeah. all I meant nothing else yeah sure <laughs> you just wanna ruin it for everyone <laughs> Jocelyn spoils it all again uh, next movie that we saw um, took a while for us to see this but it's something I've we both been wanting to see, and I knew a yeah. little bit about this story, not the whole thing. Uh, it's called Lords of Chaos. It's based off uh, the, some of the true uh, happenings uh, that uh, in uh, Norway with the church burnings, and uh, I want to say like the birth of black metal, but like the birth of new black metal kind of yeah, thing. Yeah, well, they kept calling it the birth of Norwegian black metal. Norwegian black metal, because yeah. I guess Swedish and all these other black metals yeah. are different. Which, uh, with metal, there's so many different kinds. There's, yeah, there's, there are so many different genres of bla- of metal. Yeah, 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 there's black, there's death, there's grindcore, speed. there's all speed. Yeah, <laughs> all sorts. So, but these guys are black metal. And you got, this is kind of like an introduction to you to black metal, because I don't think you've really ever seen, um, like, corpse paint and these guys, like, playing on stage or anything before, or, like, how the shows go. I mean, I've seen corpse paint, but I wouldn't be able to call it corpse paint until uh-huh. now that I've seen this and Heavy Trip and... Right, yeah. Until the light takes us, yeah. Um, so this one, this movie's pretty cool. Uh, it's got Rory Culkin in there as the, uh, one of the, uh, uh, lead band members of Mayhem. Mm-hmm. It was a, a black metal band started by, uh, Euronymous. Uh, Emery Cohen, who I've never seen before, I, or I don't remember him for anything really. From Brooklyn, you've seen him in the movie Brooklyn, Brooklyn with Saoirse Ronan. Saoirse Ronan? Yeah. Did I get that right? So yeah, sure. Oh my God, yeah. <laughs> Wait, you didn't see the main guy in that? Yeah. Wow, He's that doesn't look husband. like him. Yeah. Doesn't look like him at all. Well, wow. yeah, he. He can't wait. Yeah, his I face like, looks yeah, fatter. Yeah, that's yeah. why I didn't recognize him. I hate him. saying that. He does look different, and it's because he gained some weight, but that's fine. People gain yeah. weight, and that's fine. Yeah. That's yeah, what I want to add. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, that's why, yeah. Yeah, he he plays uh, Varg, um, who uh, he was the uh, only band member of Burzum, which is an old metal band. Um and then we got uh, Skarsgård in there, too. A new one that we've never seen before. <laughs> Walter. <laughs> they just keep coming out of the woodwork, don't they? Jeez. But honestly, he to me, he looked so much like Bill Skarsgård that if I hadn't IMDb'd the movie beforehand, I probably would have been like, is that Bill Skarsgård? Why, Why does he look goofier? Why in this? <laughs> <laughs> He's 24, 23 or 24, I think. So... Now, I don't think the youngest of the Skarsgårds, I think there are like seven of them. I think there's four brothers and three sisters. It's like a baseball team right there. <laughs> there is. Stellan, <laughs> calm down. Stop it. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, this is a pretty cool film, just documenting, uh, mostly true, I want to say, of the whole church burnings and uh, the, the um, suicide of their first singer 
uh, dead. <laughs> was yeah. it? It's himself. It seems like what they can verify is all true right. in this. But then there's speculation, too. Yes, which, exactly. You know, bi- biopics do that. Yeah. yeah, you have to make it more interesting. Right. I, I'm still questioning if that um, Rory Culkin's girlfriend in the movie ever existed. Right. Really. I don't think she did. I think it's maybe a culmination of people. To sort of humanize him, I think. Right, yeah. exactly. That's why I think she was thrown in there. Again, I have no idea. Um, but yeah, this is a pretty fun movie. It was It was nice to see this play out dramatically as opposed to watching the documentary of this which we watched also and we'll get into in a second yeah but it's cool um i think emory cohen did a great job as yeah (laughs) i mean he takes risks i guess because i've Mm. seen him in brooklyn the oa don't even start i've seen him in the oa and in this and he's so different in all three of those things they're just three really different characters so maybe that's another reason that you didn't recognize him. Probably. Right, yeah. yeah. <clears throat> and plus he had his hair in front of his well, face, Well, yeah, he's too. got that wig on. Yeah, and yeah, he he was a pretty thin dude when I when I saw him in Brooklyn. But yeah, he he was heavier yeah. in this movie. Mm-hmm. And maybe it was for the role, who knows? Well, he's heavy in the OA, too. Oh, well, I mean, bigger. I don't I feel so... It's fine. Whatever. <laughs> his body is fine. <laughs> however it is. Just so we're clear. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay, honey. Right. I'm not fat little... shaming Emery Cohen. I know, but he's chubby. He's a chubby <laughs> dude. I'm not shaming him at all. That's fucking fact, you know? There's nothing about it. Anyway, uh, Lords of Chaos, I would check this one out. Yeah, I did not expect to like it as much as I did. Mm-hmm. I expected to like it just fine, but I liked it a lot. Best thing I've ever seen Rory Culkin do, I think. I think I can finally tell him apart from Kieran. Uh... I can't. I think Rory's a little skinnier and, yeah. I don't know, uh, gaunt, I would yeah. say, mm-hmm. as compared to Rory. Um, I mean, uh, Karen. Whatever. They're all the fucking same anyway. I mean, they all look like Culkin. <laughs> yeah. That's for sure. You know Culkin when you see one. Clones of Macaulay, <laughs> pretty much. And I did actually joke <laughs> at the beginning of this that it's like Party Monster, only a different Culkin. Yeah, yeah pretty much <laughs> it is. You're, yeah, you're absolutely right. <laughs> so, but, but then, better than Party Monster. Sorry. I'm not sorry. So yeah, check this one out. And when you have a chance to, um, I would actually watch the movie first. Then I would watch the documentary of um, the whole church burnings and murders. And I everything. agree. So did you get a little less out of it because you'd already seen the documentary? Um, n- no, because I saw the documentary about 10 years ago. Okay. Before seeing this movie. So it, a lot of it was out of my brain already. Um, I wasn't even sure on some of the characters when I, okay. I, I saw it. So, But you did know, like, the dead committing suicide. Right, I knew you that. that. And I got to be shocked by that because yeah. I had no idea. Yeah, he uh, yeah. Yeah, blew his blew his head off and yeah the uh, Euronymous took a picture of him and put it in the album yeah. cover yeah mm-hmm. which I knew about that already um, <clears throat> but this uh, is pretty much they're, they're following uh, the uh, the drummer of uh, this metal band uh, a black metal band Dark thrown around as he goes and buys like tapes and stuff and gets his take on the whole thing that happened during that time in Norway between like black metal and uh, of how they of him and how uh some of the other metalheads thought about Christianity and everything that, mm-hmm. was, that was happening in Norway at that time and how it was really pissing on uh, the foundation of Norway and how like the Vikings were there and they totally got rid of their religion and covered it up and everything. So um, so we get to see him uh, uh, talk about 
him talk about things. Mm-hmm. Then we get to see Varg actually in prison still, uh, after murdering Euronymous and burning all the churches down. I'm not sure how many years he got. I think it was in like the twenties after everything. Uh, which so this was what nineteen ninety early nineties early nineties nineteen eighty three I want to yeah. say. So um, we got to see the prison system in Norway, which is I mean rehabilitating people it looks like yeah uh, he seems to he's reading and he's gotten degrees and he he's removed enough that he can reflect on it right yeah he's got like a computer in his room it's all nice i think there's like a fucking window in there too (laughs) well i don't know if that's where he's interviewed or his actual i think that's his cell wow books and everything yes i believe that's it he doesn't seem to dislike prison at all. <laughs> no, he's he just pretty okay chill there. Yeah, yeah, he probably is away from all those assholes. <laughs> 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 but we get to see uh, from him, and we get to see some of the other band members, uh, Mayhem, and some other metal bands like Immortal and Satyricon. And, um, it's, it's not a documentary for everyone. It's kind of slow-moving. Uh, the parts with uh, the guy from Dark Throne are, are kind of boring, and it's yeah. and for a minute. Sometimes you're like, "Why is this guy even doing this?" Uh, let's get back to what Varg is saying because yeah. that dude's still kind of crazy. <laughs> He's the most interesting part, and he is. Yeah, he absolutely is. Varg. Yeah, uh, we didn't finish the documentary either. We got most of the way through, so uh, I want to finish it. Yeah, we'll yeah. finish it. But that's we had it added on here just to say, hey. Uh, we check this out also, and it's—I mm-hmm. I, I believe it's something you need to check out too. If you're—if you're never heard of black metal before, then yeah, you should check this out. You learn something new, you know. Why not learn about this music? Learn about Norway a little bit. Um, Lords of Chaos and Until the Light Takes Us, which mm-hmm. is the documentary, which I don't think I said. <laughs> um, Until the Light Takes Us is on Horror TV, which is an Amazon add-on, and uh, Lords of Chaos is actually on Hulu. So you can, yeah, if you have Hulu, mm-hmm. check that out. Uh, yeah, if you want to learn a little bit about metal, check it out. It's always cool to learn about it, and if you know nothing about it, so yeah, yeah. So, should your parents check it out? Or no, no? <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's not up either of their alleys, right. not even the documentary. No. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, fuck it, fine. <laughs> You're listening to the Prescribed Films Podcast Network, home to hundreds of hours of free podcast entertainment. The shows on this network all have a common goal, providing you with the best discussions about movies and other forms of entertainment media. The PFPN hopes to fill your ear holes with audio joy. Visit our website with links to all the other amazing shows at www.thepfpn.com. Thanks for listening. Our movie of the week is the 2000 Takeshi Kitano film, (laughs) Brother, or as he's also known as Beat Takeshi. I first saw this movie back in 2000, not in the theater, but it was, uh, I believe my dad rented it, because we we weren't necessarily into Beat Takeshi's movies just yet. Um, I believe... Sonantine, one of his first films, was released by like uh, Quentin Tarantino's 
select film from Dimension thing. He did that for like a year or two mm-hmm. with a couple films. One of them was Sonatine and the other one, another one was like Switchblade Sisters or something. Like It was back in those times where Tarantino was king and right. anything he said, you watched. Mm-hmm. Uh, and of course, I haven't watched either one of those movies because <laughs> <laughs> I'll watch what I want to watch, goddammit. Um, Tarantino doesn't control you. Right, exactly. <laughs> um, so then this is the, the first time we were kind of somewhat introduced to Takeshi Kitano or B. Takeshi. Takeshi. Um, this is a uh, Japanese-slash-American uh um, gangster mobster kind of movie uh, dealing with the Japanese Yakuza and the American mob uh, brings everything kind of together with those and it's somewhat uh, a retelling of Scarface in a way it's very similar to the movie um, yeah. you, you have an outsider come in and rule a part of the world and quickly see his downfall um going for too much too fast and, and that's pretty much the gist of the movie um, it kind of starts off with uh, we're introduced to uh, Beat Takeshi's character, his name is Anaki Yamamoto um, he's at an airport and like the movie starts off with a Dutch angle and I'm like, oh fuck, did I remember Dutch angles in this movie? Um, but I think it's more uh, uh, the Dutch angle actually kind of like fixes itself in one of the first shots of the movie and I believe it's just kind of like saying that um, this is a, 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 an anarchy's world is upside down in a way. Right. But this him coming to America now, at, and he's at this airport, and the the Dutch angle corrects itself. Mm-hmm. I think it's like kind of like a new start for him, uh, refocusing on everything in his life and how he wants to go forward. And I think he's kind of thinking about that while he's at the airport, and we see in flashbacks that he's kind of exiled in a way to America because the uh, the Yakuza gang that he was involved with uh, their leader was killed and they really had like nowhere else to go they were probably going to lose uh, their, their gang would lose to this other gang so um, both gangs signed like a truce and his gang would be underneath the bigger gang and he thought it'd be very dishonorable to do that so he didn't want to join these gangs uh, coming together, but all of his other brothers did. They like they begged him, like, come on, man, we really need to do this or else they're going to fucking wipe us out. And he was like, no, I'm not going to go. And But he didn't want to commit seppuku either. No, yeah, exactly, because he didn't think it was worthy right. to this other gang to do that. And That's so, suicide in yeah. Japan. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, his brothers are like, dude, uh, we love you, man, but you need to get the hell out of here. Um, they want us to kill you. Here's some money. Go Where would you leave? And he's like, uh, I have a brother that lives in L.A. I'm going to go out there. And they're like, really? You're going to leave? And he's like, yeah, well, I don't want to die. So he leaves and goes off to Japan, uh, to L.A., I'm sorry. And he finds his brother there who's mixed up in, uh, like, drugs. Drug dealing. Mm-hmm. And um, his brother meets up with him with, like, a bag full of money and... and he pretty much just starts his own gang or takes over this little drug dealer, uh, these few drug dealers, and starts killing everyone, uh, the smaller gangs, and um, becoming Scarface for the most part. Yeah, he recruits these, yeah, small town, corner, street corner drug dealers. Uh-huh. Yeah. And then he starts fighting against all the other gangs. But all the other gangs are pretty much 
divided in the race. You yeah. have like the Mexicans, you have the blacks, you have the Italians, you have other Japanese. So they're all defined by their race. Yet his group of of gang members or brothers are of all different races. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And he just pretty much picked up all these different guys together, formed a crew, and they all became like brothers. And you hear that movie, you hear that in the movie a lot. And fuck, it's the name of the movie, brother. <laughs> yeah. Well, and I read that Aniki means brother. That Yamamoto is his name, uh-huh. but they call him Aniki. As Aniki. It's a like a uh-huh. a term of respect. And like Yamamoto and, is more like his surname, right? Kind of thing. Mm-hmm. But, um, so yeah, shit. I didn't know that. Cool. <laughs> I read that. I don't know if it's true. I don't speak Japanese. <laughs> Um, so they're not all related brothers, but they're brothers right. in, mm-hmm. in battle and war and in life. Uh, there's some interesting characters in uh, act, characters and actors in this um, in this movie, which uh, I believe is B. Takeshi's first um, first time like doing things in America. Uh, this movie's half in Japanese, half in English. Mm-hmm. But um, but since then, all of his other movies have been in Japanese for the most part, if I remember correctly. He's actually done some really good movies, really good gangster movies. He did mm-hmm. this um, trilogy of films, which I've only seen the first two, called Outrage. Uh, really awesome. Um, uh, he's got kind of like a... It's a little slower moving in his films. Uh, I wouldn't say it's atmospheric, but it gives you moments throughout the movies. Well, his movies give you moments to kind of just sit back and... kind. Um, Reminisce of what just happened and think about it while he's showing you some other um, something else on screen that mm-hmm. isn't necessarily fast moving, um, or he's just establishing a mood with these different shots going on. Uh, so I would check out those outrage movies because they're awesome, and I still have to watch the third one. Um, do you like? After watching this, I have to ask you: Do you like gangster movies or like Japanese gangster movies? Yeah, I like gangster movies. Um, I had trouble with this one. I feel like some stuff got lost in translation because it's his first American movie. Yes. Um, I didn't love him. Mm -hmm. I would have recast him. Uh Write and direct it. Great. But cast somebody else. I didn't think that he was great. (laughs) Uh, Um, He is actually, uh, he was like a comedic actor years ago. Then he was like, I want to do my own shit. Uh, Do you remember there's that one show, fuck, it was on like Spike or something, where people like did crazy stunts and stuff to like swing over like water pit and they'd all fall and there was like voiceovers for it. Kind of? It was called uh, Wipeout or some shit, kind of like that. Um, But it was from a show he had called Takeshi's Castle, where him and someone else would like um, do commentary about (laughs) these people kind of not risking their lives but just doing these funny stunts and he would just kind of talk about them and and then it was okay. redubbed for american audiences later on and shown on like spike tv i want to say uh so yeah he's got he and i believe he was just like um i want to do serious work and then he was like i'll act and direct and write and i'll do all this stuff and and, i totally get that yeah um, and you want complete creative control over this i understand i would have recast you Mm-hmm. But I would have let you write and direct it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, see, I really like his character in this movie. Mm-hmm. And, um, but I do think a lot of things are lost in translation, uh, especially the acting. The acting in this movie isn't all that great. But you have this Japanese director where I don't believe he really knows English all that well. Right. Mm-hmm. And to get these reactions and know when to cut and know which cut to pick, I think that was lacking because yeah because the acting in this movie wasn't great 
Well, and just, even the, I'm thinking of the monologue that Omar Epps, Omar Epps, a really young Omar Epps yep. in this movie, <laughs> he gives this monologue at the end, and it's it feels out of place and yes. not organic at all. Mm-hmm. And I just, I kept wondering, like, do I think this is stupid, or is this just something that appears in Japanese films that seems organic mm-hmm. and seems really out of place in an American right. film? That's all. Like right. that. Yeah. yeah, and that's, and I, I think that's why I kind of wanted to pick, uh, to pick this movie and to watch it and discuss it with you, because mm-hmm. of those kind of instances in the film where it just kind of feels out of place. Maybe because it's, as um, we're used to seeing these American movies all the time, and right. there are scenes like that in there. Which, yeah, yeah, it's a, absolutely a good point with that. Um, but I, going back to what you said about recasting him, I uh, I believe he has, like, paralysis on side of his face, uh, which I don't, <laughs> I don't know how he got it. He does kind of a that. Stallone thing. I yeah. don't know if that was on purpose. <laughs> right. Uh, he doesn't have that many lines in this movie. No. He's really quiet, and he kind of sits in the background while all these other people take care of things for him, because he's not a very good mob boss, and <laughs> he doesn't know how to talk to other mob yeah. bosses respectfully so he lets his other people do it for him and at first you think that he doesn't speak english but it becomes pretty clear later that he at least understands he it uns. pretty yeah. well <laughs> he, yeah he, he I, I believe he's been around a while and he can understand body language and yeah. all this other stuff and <laughs> uh there are times in the movie where there are characters who don't think he speaks english and which he really doesn't Right. But he understands it when they're they're putting him down because there's a few points during this movie where they, in English, they'll call him a fucking Jap. And mm-hmm. then uh, there's actually the one part where he's having a conversation with the mob bosses and his brother, his actual brother, leaves the conference room where they're having this meeting and the, the Mexican guys are like uh, saying, you know, don't worry, we'll get rid of these guys. We'll have a truce right now. We'll get rid of them. We're not going to deal with these fucking Japs. And yeah. he, heard, he knows that. He knows mm-hmm. that saying. So uh, when his brother comes back in, they ended up end up killing all those guys anyway. Yeah. Which they were going to mm-hmm. do anyway. Right. And when he finally kills all of them and shoots them a few more times, he goes, I understand fucking Jap, you know. And then, <laughs> <laughs> and then that's when, you know, the um, he really starts to kind of take over and they start making more money. Him mm-hmm. and his crew, his crew's growing. They're dressing nicer. Like their families are, are are getting you know the money from the drug dealers to have like nice things now. Yeah, Omar Epps's character, right? Yeah, his mom's got a really nice house. Yeah, right. And uh, Tatiana Ali's in this movie. She doesn't her, even have a line. She doesn't. Does no, she? she's in there yeah. very briefly. Cool Modi is also in this movie. Uh, <laughs> if you know who Cool Modi is, he pretty much just put out one song, uh, Wild Wild West, Wild oh. Wild West. Yeah, oh, that's like, okay. Yeah. So he's in there briefly. Um, another character, which I've seen in other movies, uh, Dead or Alive is one of them, and that's a um, uh, Mike film, uh, which I kind of like the first one, but the other two Dead or Alive films are really just crazy and not very fun. Um, his name is... I'm going to fuck this up. Uh, he plays Kato in the movie. Um, I'm going to say Susumu Terajima. Yeah, that's what I think. That's like his right-hand man in Japan, and he ends up following him to America, which you think is his... <laughs> isn't necessarily like his brother, I but... I mean, 
mean, at the very least, the Smithers to his Mr. Burns. Right. That's perfect right there. At most, they (sighs) totally got it on a couple (laughs) They drank too much sake one night and it happened, yes. It's pretty clear that Kato is in love with him. Right. I, I don't think I'm reading that wrong at all. No, I don't think so either. And Kato is his was his lieutenant and ends up becoming his lieutenant again. Yeah. And he follows Anaki to America. It's not just admiration. That no. is not what his eyes no. are saying. But he <laughs> proves that in this movie because there's another Japanese drug dealer in L.A. And um, uh, Anaki's brother is like, hey, you know, we should really join up with this guy. We'll be bigger. We'll make more money because right now we're not making enough mm-hmm. to be able to sustain our lifestyles. So let's get bigger. So they go and talk to uh, the other Japanese drug lord, uh, Shirase is his name. And one of his henchmen, or like his lieutenant, is the main actor from the movie Audition. So, okay. so that's why I recognize the guy from. I was like, man, I can't place this dude right now. And then <laughs> I looked it up. I was like, oh, okay, there we go. Um, so um, his Kato goes to ask Shirase to be like, hey, join us. And Shirase's like, dude, I'm doing fine just by myself. I don't need. Like, why is he even here? He's not even here. That's kind of disrespectful. And um, Kato is like, fuck you, and they all leave, and uh, they get into the limo to leave, and Kato's like, uh, I got something to do, and then he, <clears throat> he goes back to the office of Shirase, and is like, you know, you really should join Anaki, you know, I stake my life on it and everything, and Shirase's like, really? Prove it. Mm-hmm. And then Kato proves it, he shoots himself in the head. And yeah. so Shirase ends up joining <clears throat> um, Anaki, and their empire grows even larger mm-hmm. from there. Uh, one part that kind of always got me when I was younger and now it kind of got me this time too. Is that Kato became kind of friends with one of the, one of the uh, the guys that um, Anaki's brother <clears throat> was dealing drugs with. They got like a basketball hoop and everything, and kind of taught <laughs> them how to play basketball. And they they kind of became friends, you know. Yeah. And there was a language mm-hmm. barrier there, but there was a mutual respect between those two guys. And when they find out that um, <clears throat> uh, he killed himself to join uh, for Shirase to join. The guy, his friend, <laughs> is has to be held back by like Moose, another mm-hmm. one of those big bodyguards, and he's got his gun out ready to shoot. I mean, it's somewhat of a silent scene. Like, there's no there's no lines right. at all in this scene. Mm-hmm. Really, it's just of this guy reacting to this mob boss that his friend really didn't have to die, and he's very upset by this. But yet, there's no. There's no dialogue going on, which I, I believe really made this scene impactful uh, to me. Because, you know, losing a good friend of yours like that, I mean, it really yeah. upset you. Mm-hmm. And, uh, so I kind of like to see that, possibly that scene. Possibly your lover. Yeah, possibly. <laughs> <laughs> or his boss's lover, either one. Yeah. Um, boss's so, lover, sorry, yeah. <laughs> but after that, they want to expand even more. And unfortunately, the Italians get wind of this, and they'll be cool with them if they get 50%. And the Japanese do not want to, or uh, Anaki's gang now doesn't want to pay the 50%. They counter with 20, I they think. They counter with 20, yeah. and then the Italians are like, no. And then Shirase is like, we're not going to do it, we're going to go to war. And Anaki is kind of like, you know, if we do this, we're all going to die. Because the Italians had more more muscle, they had more guns, they had more of everything. And yeah, the Italians are kind of a thing uh, when it comes to gangs. I don't know yeah, if you guys know this. Yeah, um, <laughs> I'm sure it's a, good at it. <laughs> a stereotype they've had for a long time. <laughs> I mean, it's a stereotype that was based in truth. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Um, so yeah, that leads to Anarchy's gang being wiped out because the, uh, the Italians just have have muscle and just have the resources ammo, yeah. mm-hmm. to take care of them. Which leads to pretty much everyone dying, just like Scarface. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so in essence, I've made you watch Scarface in a way. And I liked it more than Scarface. <laughs> and I, I laughed at some parts, but again, I feel like I gave it a hard time while I was watching it. Mm-hmm. But when I really think about it, I think there are just things that got lost in translation yes. that would have been completely normal in a Japanese gangster movie that seemed weird and silly in an American gangster yes. movie. Yeah, the culture is different. Yeah. The, the filmmaking is different. Um, yeah, when you get uh, an actor that doesn't necessarily speak English or the language yeah. that the movie's going to, then I think a lot of things do get lost in translation. Um, I've seen it in other films uh, where the director didn't necessarily speak the greatest English. Um, well, you can think of like movies like Troll 2. I mean, that's right. a horrible movie. Yes. And they're, all the acting is horrible in that. And it isn't necessarily the actor's fault. It's right. the lines that they're given and, right. and the direction that they're... And the uh, arrogance that that director had. Like, I understand uh, how I, Americans speak. Uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> okay, whatever, buddy. <laughs> so... Uh, there are 51 kills in this movie. Uh, yeah. A lot more dead bodies, but there are 51 on-screen kills. No breasts, no penises. Uh, this is, this is a, a, to me, this is one of my favorite gangster movies. Um, but I will admit there are plenty of flaws in this movie, too. I would have um, liked to see more money shots. Now that you mentioned kills, mm-hmm. they're, they do, I mean, the, I'm sure the budget was strict. Yes. But... There's really not practical effect. You don't see a lot of the murders. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I missed the gore right. that you get in Scarface. I hate to say that. <laughs> <Ugh>. <laughs> you know what my problem is. We talked about this before. He had me watch Carlito's Way first, and then uh... Scarface immediately next. <laughs> I never should have done that. I hadn't seen either one. Carlito's Way is amazing. Scarface is stupid. Is amazing on a different <laughs> level. Okay, it is. That's an amazing movie. And you know what? I, I watched it um, over the last week because it's a long-ass movie. Yeah. I'll throw it on when I'm about it's to go to six sleep. six hours long. <laughs> and, and you know what? It still fucking holds up, okay? It really does. If You, you have to watch it in a certain light, though. You can't... You have to like watch... Like I did Brother, maybe. Maybe. But with, uh, with Scarface, you have to watch it as an oldie, old-timey gangster movie that it it is. Yeah. It's just like the, the, the Scarface... It, it, that preceded it, you know? It was Jimmy Cagney. I mean, do you mm-hmm. really think it's like, yeah, yeah. Do you think really right. people spoke I'm like sure that back that in the day? No. It was really stupid now. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. But that's I think that's the tone they were going for with Scarface. Also Al Pacino, not Cuban at all. No, not Cuban at all. <laughs> I'm pretty sure Cuban people don't speak like you. Right. But it's an exaggerated fucking character, yes. which it, I think that movie needed. Mm-hmm. Um but uh, all in all, I give this movie, uh, with all its flaws and everything, just a solid B. Um, I was thinking about going farther with that, maybe like an A minus, but of course, with its flaws and everything, I, I really can't do, can't give it higher than that. I really do enjoy this movie, though. It's it's cool to see a, a rise to power kind of film like this, mm-hmm. which I I guess I really haven't seen it like this before. Of course, you know Scarface and other films too. Uh, with a rise to power, but this one was just, um, it was cool how Anarchy's gang was just a bunch of different colors of people. There was no, like, you yes. have to be this, you have to be that. That's it was all of mutual respect. 
It's notable how diverse his gang is, and it's notable how few white people are in this movie, period. True, yeah. There yeah. aren't very many... Um, I think the, the white people in this movie are... The Italians. The, the cops the taking cops, the yeah. taking the... <laughs> Taking the bribes, which they have really no lines, and yeah, the Italians who are pretty much just in the last like twenty five minutes of this film. Yeah. So the pe- white people who are in it are the villains <laughs> yeah. of this movie. Yeah. Exactly. Um, so yeah, that's my grade for the movie. How about you? I'll give it a B minus because of the things I just said, up to and including the lack of seeing the kills on screen. Mm-hmm. Although we did see his brother, his brother or his partner back that in Japan. That was uh, well. His brother in Japan, yes, who asked him, like, dude, leave. And his brother in Japan actually kind of moved up in the ranks once they formed, like, the super group Yakuza when the Mm -hmm. two gang got got together. And later on in the film, we kind of go back to Japan for a minute, and some of the Japanese Yakuza who um, were, who uh, brought the other gang in really didn't still trust those gang members that came in. And his brother uh, Harada, who um, who um, joined that gang too, is got pretty chummy with some of the leaders in there and was moving up in the ranks. And one of the other members was like, um, "I don't trust these foreigners." Still, I mean, they're they're outsiders to our gang. I don't mm-hmm. trust them. And he he says that to the yakuza leader, and uh, Harada actually comes and is like, uh, in a way, he says, "You know, I'm loyal and everything. I'll show you." And he gets the knife and he cuts open his stomach to show what his guts are inside. You know, yeah. <laughs> you know, see, you want to see inside of me and how I, what's inside there. And he just opens and it they, up. They and, show it. Yeah. yeah. They show some intestines mm-hmm. coming out. Uh, it makes the dude look stupid. And, but unfortunately I, I probably died. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know how you survive a wound uh, like that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you work in a hospital. Yeah, it's, it's my diet. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, this is um, this is a definitely check this one out and check out some of uh, B. Takeshi's other films too. Yeah, uh, I really enjoyed Outrage. I think we should watch that one. I'll watch the whole trilogy. Uh, I still need to see the third one. I have a question for you because I recognize him from <coughs> excuse me Battle Royale. Yes, yeah, he's the teacher in Battle Royale. Yeah. So did um, he have anything to do with that aside no, from no, just acting? He acting just acted in, in that okay. one. Does he has got a lot of acting credits too. His deadpan is perfect in Battle Royale. Yeah, 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 it has a place yeah, there. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Another yeah. movie you had, Japanese movie you had me watch, that I love. Oh yeah, we should. So we'll do that good. movie one day. Yeah. That's, yeah, that's a good one to do. Mm-hmm. If you haven't seen Battle Royale yet, do definitely check that one out. You have because the Hunger Games ripped it off. Right. Basically. Exactly. <laughs> it, it did it not as well either. Well, uh, it's I mean, different in a yeah. way still, but. There's a lot more political in the Hunger Games as opposed to Battle Royale, which is a little bit, but not as much, not nearly as much as the Hunger Games. Right. The Hunger Games, you're right, is a lot more in-depth. There's a lot more political implications, yeah. Right. But Part 2, Battle Royale 2, isn't as good, but it's still kind of fun. I know you've shown it to me. I don't Did remember we? it. I've only watched it once, and I oh. watched it without you, so... And maybe you uh, haven't yeah. shown it maybe to me. Maybe we should watch it then. I just assumed. Yeah. <laughs> don't assume. Yeah, no. Yeah, I'm not even going to finish that. <laughs> uh, <laughs> anyway. Any, what's your favorite part? Uh, my favorite part... Um, well, there, there's a few scenes where Anaki kind of... Uh, uh, with Omar Epps, where they they become really good friends yeah, throughout this cute. movie. Mm-hmm. The 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 first the first time they actually meet, uh, they bump into each other literally, 
and uh, Omar Epps starts talking shit because he doesn't know who Anaki is yet. Mm-hmm. And Anaki, um, uh, he they bump into each other. Omar Epps drops a bottle of liquor and it breaks, and he starts talking shit to Anaki. And Anaki picks up the broken bottle and stabs him in the eye. <laughs> yeah. And then he goes and meets up with his brother, and then we see that actually um, his brother's friends with uh, him. Denny is his name actually, uh, or Omar Epps' name is Denny in the movie. Uh, they're actually friends, and then, mm-hmm. you know, <laughs> they end up, you know, becoming really great friends and playing against each other in these different games, uh, gambling, right? Uh, one of them has to do with dice and this cup where... That's your game. favorite part? No, no, I'm, oh. just, I'm naming a few of them, because uh, it is a really cool part in how that, how the tension of them and how it began quickly... Um, just goes away after like he finds out that he's cheating you know and he burns a hole in a cup and um, they're trying to guess what the number is in this cup and of course Anakin's cheating because he burnt the hole and he covers it with his thumb so he gets the answer right every time and mm-hmm. totally rips off Denny and no, that's my favorite part oh yeah that, okay. <laughs> it's my favorite part when they bond because at first you're led to believe that Denny doesn't recognize him right and yeah. that his little brother not Denny's little brother uh, Aniki's little brother makes a comment like he thinks we all look yeah like exactly him. and then at the end he says I was the one who stabbed you in the face and Denny's like I know he's like I know that. <laughs> <laughs> so it's really sweet when they bond yeah, yeah. yeah they're, and uh, actually there's a part where Aniki gets held up and Denny is faced with, you know, he has to either shoot the bad guy, and he ends up trying to shoot the bad guy, but accidentally hits Anaki too. Yeah. He kills the bad guy, or the guy, um, I don't know why I'm calling him a bad guy, um, a different gangster from a different gang. Right. Holds him up, and yeah, he shoots Anaki, and later on in the movie, um, I, I believe Denny's like, why didn't you do this? And he, he's like, oh, my stomach, my stomach you, still hurts. <laughs> you want me to get you some cigarettes? You want me to get you? Oh yeah, you yeah. want me to get you some cigarettes? He's like, oh, stomach hurts still. Oh, he gives shit and, about yeah, he's it, like, yeah. come on, man, and they start laughing about it. Yeah, Which, I like that. That's a nice little piece of realism because mm-hmm. that's definitely what would happen if you just open fire on people holding someone hostage. Right, the hostage yeah. would go down too. Yeah, right. Uh, but I think my favorite scene is the one I spoke about before when um, the one guy loses his Kato, when Kato kills himself. Oh, yeah. Uh, that's that's a really cool part I mm-hmm. like. Um, it just, I, I, I really do like the Anaki character the most out of all of them. I know you don't think he should have been recast. <laughs> he should have yeah, recast I think himself. I like Denny. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, he was um he's probably my favorite character in this movie and just how kind of like in the background he is for most of it yet he's the mastermind and everyone's right. kind of working mm-hmm. off him. So um yeah, those are kind of my favorite scenes. Okay. Yeah, those are good ones. Yeah. Uh well, that about does it for us yeah. this week. We will catch you next week. Check out Brother, check out Lords of Chaos, check out um until the light takes us. I would also check out Ari Aster's first film, and then, um, what else did we fucking watch? What was the first movie? (laughs) The first Purge. The Purge. Purge. If you like the other ones, check this one out, too, (laughs) even if the heavy hands are going to hit you in the face. Yeah. If you didn't understand what the other Purges were about, you're about to understand. Yes, they're going (laughs) to spell it out for you. All right. Well, take it easy, guys, and then I will see you next week. Thanks for listening.
Thank you.